0: Day with speeches like we've started off the last couple of weeks, and so if you're here and you haven't given your speech yet, uh, get get ready because we don't have a lot of you. You'll be going here pretty pretty soon if you're not first. Uh, do we have a volunteer who would like to go first this morning? Chris is going first. I'm not. The- Petra. <laughs> 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 Woo-hoo, yeah, Claire! So we've got Clarissa, we've got Petra, awesome. and Leslie. Yeah. Um, you need to get your PowerPoint plugged in. Yep. Yeah. Um, and you've given yours. Yeah, you've given yours. And, and you guys aren't doing the speech this time. And you've given yours. So we just got the three. Uh, so I'll uh, pick a number between one and ten. And uh, whoever is closest has to go first. So you don't
1: want to be close. Right. So you're going to go
0: Okay, so we'll do Wesley, Clarissa, Petra. All right, sounds good. Let's get the PowerPoint set up. I'll get situated. Hey, look at this. So we've got an illustrated speech on the science of cloning. Is this a informative speech? Yeah. See
2: how well I can mess it up. It's gonna work great. Where's my clicker, and my bobber? Clicker, bobber.
0: Is see. see, this one? I
2: don't know. That's right, a timer. Timer. I need a Great. And do
1: you, then do you want me to write it on the.
0: No, just tell me I'll write it on the. Okay. Clicker on? Not as far as I can tell. It's got a. We uh, yep, a switch on the side. Slider on the side that you Ah, there we go. There it is. Got the stuff. Alright, Tyler's ready? Yeah. Uh, I'm ready. Wesley, you can begin when you like.
2: Alright. Today, I'm giving you an illustrated speech of some sort towards the science of cloning and how it pertains to Dolly the Sheep and our lives day. Well, it's very important. It is the attack of the clones in the day we live in. We're cloning sheep. We're cloning to human DNA for stem cells. We're cloning uh, corn to make it more easy to grow. We're cloning everything. What is the science of cloning per each section? Well, we have genetic manipulation, which can be taking certain traits from DNA and combining them to get, say, a better feed corn that produces more kernels, or a better sheep that produces more wool. This I don't remember which side I have. (laughs) This is seen in Jurassic Park with filling in gaps in the genome from what they have with the DNA they found in the bone structure from the plot line and they filled it with DNA from say a frog or a lizard. This is what we do in corn with grabbing certain traits we like. Like, as I said, bigger kernels, more kernels. And when they did this with Dolly, They took the DNA that they had from the original sheep and spliced it with the DNA of another sheep. They simply did this by taking out the nucleus from the one cell that they had for the base and replacing it with the nucleus from the other cell that they had. This is the cloning that we know for animals. It takes more than one animal for cloning, which personally I don't think is cloning. We see in this sheet that I made that it's very similar to how we actually reproduce normally. Whereas cloning, from a standpoint of biology, is more like asexual reproduction, which is seen in the cell life. They can just split apart. It's literally cloning in basics. This is just taking a cell and making it into another cell. Because we take, what they did with Dolly was they took some bone marrow. No, it's an outer cell. Duh. And they took that cell's nucleus, took the DNA code that came from the nucleus, and separated it, and put it into a character cell. That's it. They didn't copy anything, they didn't put it in a computer and say, make me another sheep. Because <sighs> we can't do that yet. This is the problem with cloning. It's not really cloning. It's doing all the same things that biology does in itself. So we're just copying what nature does already. A greater proof that we cannot be the creators of the Earth, we cannot be something from evolution, it's gotta be created by someone bigger because we still don't understand. The problem with cloning is if we could truly clone someone, we could get them to look the same every time. This is seen with, you know, in Star Wars, how each clone did not look exactly the same. They had certain traits based on how they were, what environment they were in, because we aren't copying them at their adult stage, we're copying them at their fetal stage. So it's not cloning to an extent, it's copying, and then letting it go from there. Because if we were able to fully clone someone, and get them to the adult stage in the cloning facility, then we could have exact clones every time. But since they still have to grow up, it means that the stages that they have to go through, the environment they're in, the amount of things they've done, influences what they're going to look like, how they're going to act, and how much their body is going to change based off of the original. This is seen with Dolly in the fact that, well, she didn't live for 12 years, she lived for six years. This is because the environment she was in, because it was mostly clinical, because they were running tests, she wasn't able to go run out in the wild. Whereas the original was able to go run out in the wild. So the environment matters, because you can't keep a sheep in captivity and expect it to live long. This is seen with you know like chicken farms and pig farms. When they're in captivity, they have to keep replacing them, because that's not how they were built. That's not how God created them. They were in the wild, so they should stay in the wild. I'm lost where I'm at, but I have no more summits. So, random jargon. The human cloning that everyone's so happy about is not really useful, because what are we going to use it for? We don't have needs for clone armies. We don't have a use for cloning people, because, as I said, we're not cloning themselves. We're not cloning their mental state. We're not cloning anything that actually makes them them, other than the fact that, ah, yes, you're a boy, we're cloning you and making you a boy. That's where we get to. We can't make ah, yes, you then. you're Johnny Depp. We're making another Johnny Depp. It doesn't work like that. You can't say take, you know, Lucas, Levi, sorry, I'm so sorry, either Levi's and make another Levi. Because you're a different Levi than he is. And if we were to take a clone from either one of you, they would be different than either one of you. Even if they lived with you. So the standpoint of cloning is it's really just, well, let's see if we can achieve what God achieved without being told how to do it. And, well, we still have failed. That's all I've got because, well... Thank you. 618. Oh my goodness. All
0: right, Judge is ready, Type is ready. You may be
3: Nothing is too wonderful to be true if it be consistent with the laws of nature. This quote is from Michael Faraday. Today I'm going to tell you about his life, his inventions, his death, and memorials. His life. Faraday was born on September 22nd, 1791. He was self-taught and he married Sarah Barnard on the summer of 1821, but they had no children. His inventions. He invented the electric motor, the electric transformer, the first electric generator, the first dynamo, electrosis, which I don't know what that is, the Faraday cage, and a toy balloon. His breakthrough, though, was when he discovered mutual induction, which is a scientific law that is kind of hard to explain. (laughs) He died August 25th of 1867 at 75 years old. He has 25 streets named after him, some in France, some in Germany, some in Canada, and some in the USA. He has a memorial by Isaac Newton's grave and a statue in London. Um, Now you know about... Faraday and um, you I told you about his life his inventions his
0: Thank <laughs> you. I'm one. Are you sure? All right. I'm ready. I'm yes. Is ready. Maybe. Okay. What are the roots that
4: clutch? What branches grow? Out of the stony rubbish, Son of Man, you cannot say or guess, for you know only a heap of broken images where the sun beats, and the dead tree gives no shelter, the cricket no relief. In the dry stone, no sound of water. Only there is shadow under this red rock. Come and under the shadow of this red rock. And I will show you something different from either, your shadow at morning striding behind you, or your shadow at evening rising to meet you. I will show you a fear in a handful of dust. This next excerpt from The Wasteland by T.S. Eliot. When T.S. Eliot became a Christian, he was able to influence many different people through his writing. I will be telling you about his life before he became a poet. His first years of writing, and his life after he became a Christian. T.S. Eliot grew up in Saint Louis, Minnesota, to a family who didn't smoke or drink. From an early age, he grew up listening to his father read Dickens in his armchair. That influenced him to start reading from a very early age. When he got older, he went to New England to a different, to public, to a private school. And then afterwards, he went to. Harvard University for three years, but before he could take his final oral exam, he quit Harvard University. After that, he went to Oxford University for one year, but then he quit. After that, he tried out several different jobs before he became a poet, but none of them quite stuck. In 1922, he published The Wasteland, and that gave him international attention for the first time. The Wasteland was written to, tell, to express his feelings on World War I and the wreckage that it left behind in the world. When he read Bertrand Russell's essay, essay, "Man's Worship, which is basically telling people man must worship man, he decided that actually what he, how he was living and how he was writing poetry wasn't the way that he believed it should be done. And in 1927, he was confirmed into the Church of England. After he became a Christian, he started writing about his beliefs and his faith. And Ash Wednesday, that was the first um, poem that was, his faith was written about widely and people read about that. Um, although he was criticized writing his poetry, he continued writing it and grew closer in his walk with Christ. In 1948, he won a Nobel Prize in literature, and, after, and then after that, he stopped writing poetry and started writing plays. I told you about his life before he became a poet, his first years as writing as a poet, and his life after he became a Christian. When he became a Christian, he changed his style of writing and was able to be a light for Christ. This is an excerpt from Ash Wednesday. Because I know that time is always time And place is always an only place. And what is actual is actual only for one moment, and only for one place. I rejoice that things are as they are, and I announce the blessed face, and announce the voice, because I cannot hope to turn again. Consequently, I rejoice, having to instruct something upon which to rejoice.
0: Such a what kind of speech are you giving? ready five
1: is yeah. ready you may begin okay now comrades what is the nature of this life of ours let us face it it is a miserable laborious and short we are born we are given just so much food as we'll keep the breath in our bodies and those of us who are capable of it are made to work to the last atom of our strength Hello, my name is Petra van Cleve and today I will be doing in a book report on Animal Farm. My three points are the cast of characters, the uh, summary of Animal Farm, and the lesson learned. First is the cast of characters. The book starts off with Mr. Jones, who is a farmer of a manor farm, and he had fallen on hard times and became a drunkard and very careless with his animals. Next were three dogs, uh, Bluebell, Jesse, and pincher, and two cart horses, Boxer and Clover. Boxer was a very hard-working um, horse, and his one of his mottos was, I will work harder, but uh, old age uh, caught up to him. Next was a white goat named Muriel, who was one of the few animals who could read. And next is Benjamin, who is um, best friends with, um, he's a donkey. And he was best friends with Boxer. And next is Molly, who um, drove, um, who pulled Mr. Jones's um, trap. And she she was a very um, dim witted horse who eventually left the farm. And there was a cat whose name was not actually stated, but was always absent during all the meetings. And Moses, the raven, who no one ever liked because he almost talked with Sugar Candy Mountain, whatever that is. And the main pigs are Major, who started um, the thought of rebellion, Snowball and Napoleon, who eventually led it, and um, Squealer, who was Napoleon's henchman, with an abundance of pigs, hens, sheep. Next is a summary of Animal Farm. Animal Farm was written in 1945 by an English author, George Orwell. Animal Farm allegorizes the Russian Revolution of 1917. It's about a group of farm animals who rebel against human fa- farmer, Mr. Jones, to create an equal society. It, major themes throughout the book is totalitarianism, where what means uh, where a citizen is subject to an absolute state authority. Another major theme is the pigs' descent into per- uh, corruption by their need for power. The more they have, the more they need it. Another theme is the power of language. Starting out by singing Beasts of England, which was eventually banned, followed by the constant re- alteration of the Seven Commandments. Lastly, the adoption of slogans like Napoleon is always right and four legs good, two legs bad. But that eventually got changed to four legs good, two legs better as the pigs decided they need to walk on two legs. Uh, Next is lesson learned. What do we actually believe in and why? The animals kept believing in a revolution that had been utterly betrayed. Being vigilant even in the best of times, the overthrow of a fraudulent government does not prevent the rising of an even worse one in its place. All power can and may contain an element of corruptibility. The pigs may have started out well-meaning, but once they realized that the animals listened to them without thinking, they started to abuse that power. In conclusion, I went over the cast of characters, the summary of Animal Farm, and the lesson learned, and I'm going to end with a quote. All animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others.